It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Turning now to the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, who joins me. The ongoing border crisis, a you know, beyond dangerous crisis to this country, not just to the state of Texas. And the Supreme Court and the remain in Mexico policy. Attorney General Paxton, great to have you here on the show, sir. Thanks for joining me. I think it's becoming a pretty important topic to the entire country. Let's talk about the remain in Mexico policy. And then I'd like to go and if you would lead into what the governor has done on the border, uh, and as someone just mentioned minutes ago, with the border truck uh, checks, with it, with doing whatever you can to to halt this flow or check better what's coming in. But first, remain in Mexico policy and the the arguments for and against. Where are we right now? Yeah, so it it, it started under the Trump administration. He started enforcing federal law, which said that if you came to this country and you claimed asylum that you couldn't just come into the country and stay for a couple of years and disappear and not show up for your hearing, which is what was happening, because these hearings would be scheduled years later and people would never show up. So all everybody was basically coached by immigration lawyers, just come here, claim asylum, and you're in. It's over. You've, you, you've got your ticket. Uh, so the Trump administration started enforcing law, which said that basically if you come and claim asylum, we have two choices. We can detain you until you're hearing, or you have to stay in Mexico, stay in your country of origin, wherever, but you can't come in. So that worked uh, really well. Our immigration numbers, illegal immigration numbers, went down drastically. We had less problems at the border, including crime and drugs, all of that. And as soon as the uh, Biden administration came into office, they eliminated that, uh, and they stopped enforcing that law, the consequences being that our immigration uh, numbers increased by 300%, like almost immediately. And now with Title 42 potentially going away, those numbers are going to go up even more. So we sued. We've been successful. We got an injunction. Uh, I obviously, they've not been enforcing that injunction uh, as they were directed to. We went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I think, you know, I, I heard they had, out of like 221,000, they applied it to maybe 100 or 200. It's really low. But on Tuesday of next week, Missouri and I, and the, I think we have a total of 19 states on our amicus brief, will be in front of the U.S. Supreme Court arguing for a basically a, a resolution of this that would force Joe Biden to actually follow federal law. Uh, on that point, and to put a even broader point on this, we're talking about something that affects the Texas economy. Uh, you know, the every day resources being used so there is an interest and there is harm being done not just to texas but around the country because of the biden stance on this policy uh going before the supreme court and i realize the arguments are next tuesday but can you put a, a finer description on your case uh for the audience so they have a full understanding when you read the reporting out there it's just referenced What's yeah, the case so before the court? It's, our our argument is really simple. It is that federal law requires that the president not make up his own laws, which is what he's doing, but he actually has to follow laws passed by Congress. And in this case, the law is you have to enforce uh, the border security laws that require that these people, when they claim asylum, and by the way, about, I think about 12 to 14 percent actually uh, qualify for asylum, 
that you, you can't just let that loophole stay in place. You have to enforce the law, which is detain them before their hearing or send them back. And you can't make up your own rules. That's our simple case. And he has a constitutional duty to enforce that law. It's not like he's we just he has a preference to enforce this law. Yeah, I feel like it or I don't like that. I don't have to do that. He's not the lawmaker. He's not the lawgiver. He's the law enforcer. He's the executive branch. And he can't operate as both Congress and the president. To that point, and from day one, Biden began to unwind Trump policies. But to your point and why I asked you that question, this is about law as it exists, past law, not executive order or a policy uh, belief or or process. That said, should the court uphold your arguments and the president be forced to follow the law as it exists, then what? Uh, happens. And this is in the infrastructure of processing illegal aliens as they cross our border, because now having to follow law, we have to deal with what's here. So what does that look like from your attorney general's perspective? So what that means now is that when people right, right now, it's so it's all turned on its head because it used to be that, you know, Border Patrol would like, you know, they try to evade Border Patrol, right? That you know, they're trying to get around them and sneak through. Well, that's not what happens now. The cartels are incentivized, and clearly, you know, this is the deal with the Biden administration, to go get as many people to come here as possible. And they're, they're incentivized because they, they, they charge, you know, eight to $12,000 a person, some more, some less. But that's generally the range. So the more people they can bring, uh, the more money they make, and the more the Biden administration is able to get people in. So they, they don't run from Border Patrol. They come and turn themselves in. They are looking for Border Patrol. I've been down there and watched this. Where is Border Patrol? We are claiming asylum. And then they're, they're, they get put on a bus, and they get put on a plane in the middle of the night, and they get flown all over the country. That That is that is, has to stop. That's not the way it's supposed to work. They're supposed to – if they turn themselves for, in for asylum after you know, the court rules, prefer hopefully in our favor – they they won't be able, they won't be able to stay here. They have to wait until their their uh, hearing comes up instead of just being bussed around or flown around the country on our dollar, by the way, to places that we don't know where they are. And then we, of course, I'm guessing we're taking care of these people all over the country and spending billions of dollars doing it. My guest, the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, if I'm reading the answer correctly or interpreting it, essentially it's to stop what's coming across the day uh, if the decision goes in your favor, in Missouri's favor, actually all of our favors. But those that are here are out, and likely we can't unravel that very easily uh, because they're balkanized all over the country. Am I reading that correctly? No, that, I think you got it right. That's that's the problem. It's not like the Biden administration is like reporting every day. Hey, here's where we're sending these people. They don't even tell the governors of the states they send them to. They just they just sneak them in. You know, I've I've talked to law enforcement in Dallas who told me that they watched the buses come in at night. These people get off the buses and they just walk away. There's no accounting for where they're at. I don't know if the federal government knows where they're at. I doubt they know where most of them are. They're just kind of it's just like here you go i I would imagine the cartels know where they are Um, i think those those people are tracked by the cartels but i don't think we know where they're at so it's 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 hard to believe but that's that's the that's the system the Biden administration uh is is put it has put in place 
A question to the point of uh, releasing the illegal aliens into the states. Uh, the federal government, if they carry out that action by moving them in any form, is required to notify the governor's office. Uh, they use, in one case, a federal contractor, the largest federal air contractor, iAero, uh, the company that flies them to whether it's Westchester County or Dallas or somewhere in, most, in many cases. So can the state of Texas, and would you look into iAero and violation of law? Because in many cases, as I've spoken to others in the states, they're not notifying the governor's office. Private organizations are different. The law is clear, and that's a trap because you are not notified by endeavors out of San Antonio and other but these are operators within the state of Texas. Endeavors is a filed nonprofit entity, and shouldn't they also be challenged uh, because they are carrying on activities that are contrary to federal law and possibly state law? You know what? That's a, that's actually a great idea for us to look at. I, I don't know that we've actually looked at that angle. We've you know we've got nine immigration lawsuits going right now in the course of 15 months of the Biden administration, but we're always looking for other ways that we can slow this down and, and get control of the border, uh, despite the fact that the president is working against us. Yeah, look, I, I'll tell you where the genesis of this goes back, I don't know how many years, it was after I'd left Texas, but it was actually from my mother's church where the, and she left for a lot of reasons from that to another church, but they as an organization, the AME church and other churches were working together and bragging about how they don't notify the governor's offices. They literally facilitate the trafficking across state lines from the Southern border. And this is what, you know, churches, nonprofits, and others are engaged in, and they are registered nonprofits. I run nonprofit. We are registered in the state of Florida. We have to be along with federal registration. And the attorney general's office, I think, uh, fair point, as you said, let's look into these angles because they're harming Texas citizens. No, that's. I think that's a great point. And uh, I, I guess I wasn't aware that there was a, a requirement that these nonprofits notify the governor, but that that is a good uh, angle for us to take a look at, and I, I appreciate the, the idea. Yeah, well, and just to be clear, the federal government should notify the governor's offices. The nonprofits are that window where they don't have to tell anybody. They that's the sneaky way. But again, nonprofit state, just something to expand. I'm not a lawyer. I'm certainly not qualified to be an attorney general, uh, as you are very well qualified to be. But but I watch these things carefully, and you know the Biden administration, uh, General Paxton. They play these games with policy. Let's say you win next Tuesday. They'll find other ways to erode it in, you know, rulemaking out of Alexander Mayorkas's office or some other agency. They find ways around this. And, you know, that's a constant battle. How, you know, you say you have multiple lawsuits. Uh, I, I can't imagine what your office is going through constantly having to battle a shifting landscape. Well, and it's not—it's—it's it's, it's not that they, they maneuver around it. They—it's they, like could be a constitutional crisis because they're ignoring federal law already. So they're already ignoring one branch of government. Obviously, we have three branches of government. If we have a second branch that says, "Wait a minute, you have to follow what the what Congress put in place," and then they pretty much maneuver around that. I mean, we've got a president that 
largely doesn't operate under a constitutional role anymore. It's more of a oligarchy or ruling elite or a dictator than it is a, a president operating under a constitution. So I hope that's not where we're going because that's a, that's a whole different matter to try to figure out how to resolve if, if they are not going to follow federal law. Because federal law is really clear. This is what they have to do as it relates to asylum seekers. So how they maneuver around that, I guess what they've been doing so far is just they do just a few, right? They're not really doing it. We're going to have to go back and hold them in contempt. Obviously, when you're not following the Constitution as president, that's impeachable. I mean, uh, I don't think that will happen because I don't think Congress would do that. They're all you know, democratically controlled. But that's the remedy for a, a president who doesn't operate inside the Constitution. You know, I, I would uh, first of all, I would love to continue this conversation, but unfortunately, you and I both have time limits on us. Uh, I, I do have a final question for you. My guest, the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, can the state, your state of Texas, do something about employers who hire illegals more aggressively? What can the state do? That is a huge part of the problem, and if we don't do something about that in this country, then that incentive to come here has an outcome for the illegal aliens. Yeah, I think that uh, I think states could pass laws to 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 hold uh, employers accountable, either through fines or other some type of action uh, if they're employing illegals. And and I just I don't think you've seen that from many states, and I don't think we have rules in, in Texas that are particularly strong as it relates to that. That would be up to our, our legislature, and uh, you know they could do that this this next legislative session if they would. Might I suggest an emergency session? Just throwing that out there for the governor. <laughs> you know, just hey <laughs> guys, we got to do. But look, this is we've got to deal with so many aspects of this issue that, in a sense, we have to find every facet that can be a way of slowing down or preventing the problem from getting worse because in a situation and in the federal government, even if the Republicans take over, there's nothing happening till next January at the earliest. But your state and all states will pay the price for this with what could be a 2.6, 2.7 million uh, crossing at our border that we know of and then add gotaways this is dangerous for Texas communities. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it, and, and I think that's part of the play is that they know that no matter what, because of the large numbers that they're inviting to come, which is however many you know the cartels can get here, um, that's a done deal, right? Everybody that crosses the border, they let go of. It's they're here. It's it's hard to remove them once we we've lost track of them. And I think that's part of the I think that's part of the Biden playbook is look, let's just break the law. Let's not follow any laws. Let's slow play everything that we're ordered to do by courts. Let's just act like we are, we can do whatever we want and do it for as long as we get away with it until somebody stops us. That's the, that's what they're doing. And so the consequences of that hurt every American and hurt some more than others. I mean, obviously we have uh, the highest rate of overdose deaths that we've ever had. And that's directly attributable to the Biden policy of let's let the drugs in. Let's let the cartels get as much in here as possible. It's all good. Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, you know, if I wasn't in Florida, the free state of Florida, I would have gone back to Texas in a heartbeat. <laughs> Both great well, states connected by I-10. No, you, you're in a great state. You could have done a little better, but you're in a pretty great state. 
uh, always a little friendly uh, back and forth between our two states. Uh, but thank you yep. for joining me this morning. I appreciate also the extra time on air. All right. Thanks, Dave. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.